You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. Hey mentors, just a reminder about the You Can Mentor book. It's titled You Can Mentor, How to Impact Your Community, Fulfill the Great Commission and Break Generational Curses. The whole point of this book is to equip and encourage mentors with new tools and ideas on how to make the most of their mentor-mentee relationship. If you're a mentor, hey, go pick it up. And if you're a mentoring organization, pick some up for all of your mentors. If you would like to order mass copies, like more than 20, Send an email to me, Zach at youcanmentor.com, and we will get you guys a special price. But go and pick up that book. It's good. You can mentor. Welcome back to the You Can Mentor podcast. My name is Joshua Manning, and you have been listening to my voice for the last seven, eight weeks. I don't know how long, but as you know, I've been doing a Why I Mentor series. I've been interviewing the coaches at forerunner just getting their why because logistically it doesn't make any sense for us to be mentoring at least from a job standpoint right Mm -hmm. we don't get paid and you know we don't make a lot of money doing it it's a part-time job and so there's got to be some other reason why so we've had you know we kicked it off with coach taj we had coach bailey coach caitlin just all of the coaches there we've got one more coming up next week Coach JT is is going to be next week. And let me tell you guys, that is an episode you are not going to want to miss. It's super long. We talked for like an hour and a half or something like that. But it was it was just it wasn't planned. God just moved in that conversation. Mm-hmm. It was definitely it is definitely one you're going to want to want to check out. But this week we have a very special guest because, well, he's not one of our coaches. We have Maxwell Owen in the house today. Max, how you doing? I'm doing well. Is I'm it, doing well. Is it Max or Maxwell? That's a good you, question. So it's actually a funny story. So I changed it to Maxwell halfway through college. And I say I changed it, but it's actually my real middle name. So my full name is Jordan Maxwell Owen. Okay. And Maxwell, I believe at the time had a more professional professional Sound. tone to it because I wanted to be a professional artist and a singer. So okay. Maxwell Owen sound better than Max Owen. That sounds a little bit more, you know, dis disjunct or distinct. But Anyway, but what was crazy is that it happened the same time that I started following Jesus, but it was not an intentional thing where I was like, I need to change my name just like, you know, Paul or Saul to Paul. It was, it was aligned in a way that it it came naturally, but Maxwell means rivers and so Mm. does Jordan. So both my names unintentionally that my parents named me have rivers involved and Max does not. So when I changed it, I looked back, you know, years later and I was like, whoa, like, you know, God is actually literally changing my name as I'm learning to, to follow him. So is really cool. Yeah. So that still doesn't answer the question. Do you prefer going by Max or Maxwell? Yeah. If I prefer either. So if you call me Max, that's great because I've, I'm used to hearing it for okay. 20 plus years. Maxwell is what I go by now for anybody that I introduce myself to. Gotcha. gotcha. So in work situations, in life, I will always introduce myself as Maxwell. Gotcha. What does your wife call you? She calls me Max. She calls you Max? Mm-hmm. If she uses your name, because I'm sure you guys have tons of pet names. Yeah. Babe is usually the, the name around the house. Babe. So, okay. Mm, babe. Anyway, anyways, yeah. Anyway, Maxwell is here. He is not one of our coaches, but he is involved at Forerunner. He is one of our one-on-one mentors. Mm-hmm. So, 
if you don't know anything about forerunner first you need to go listen to like the last 189 <laughs> or 190 episodes because mm-hmm. that's all about forerunner basically but forerunner is a mentoring organization in lake highlands which is a community within the dallas metroplex it's not an official city it's like their addresses are dallas but it's a it's a neighborhood it's a community inside dallas and forerunner's mission is to help boys achieve their potential and become men of God. Mm -hmm. So we do that practically by identifying and getting into our program, boys who don't have father figures. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to like end the cycle of fatherlessness by teaching these boys how to be men of God, how to be fathers, husbands, and leaders, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. We do that through a number of programs. We do that through the after school mentoring program where we run like an after school program with the coaches. That's who's been on the podcast. And that's where I work as a site lead. And the other arm of that is we do, we match boys, specific boys who would benefit from it match them up with one-on-one mentors and those are all volunteers in the community we have maxwell's one we have a bunch of others just in our program matched up the junior high side i think we have five or six mentors i have no idea how many k through six has i know they have more than us but that's just because they have like three times as many kids and just more opportunities for those matches to occur Mm -hmm. but I wanted to get Maxwell on on the podcast as part of this series because, well, he doesn't get paid anything. So there's <laughs> there's absolutely got to be a reason why for him. And we just we had been talking before we hit record on this on this episode about just all kinds of things like the beauty of conversations and the spontaneity of worship. And so I just kind of started jumping into the episode because I wanted to get all of that back. I wanted to get that content into the episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Maxwell, why don't you just reiterate really fast what we were talking about? We, we, we were talking about like the beauty of sp- true spontaneous mm-hmm. worship. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I've been at Antioch Dallas and uh, serving on the worship team for, I want to say it's like six years now since 2018. So I guess that's five. If my math is correct. And yeah, it's just been amazing because I, I grew up in a very rigid music lifestyle. Like my parents were musicians and they were very encouraging, but in a way, you know, because I studied classical music, it was very rules based. Like, you know, you practice, you do this, you do that and you get better. And then you have teachers that will tell you right and wrong. And, you know, there's one way usually to sing the right notes on a page. And then there's not a lot of creativity that comes at an early age when you're learning the basics. But all that to say, long story short, when I joined and started singing in worship and on worship team, it was very, very scary for me as a classical musician because jumping into an art form that is not rigid and it's not, you know, like we were just talking about spontaneity, you know, we can teach in jazz, you know, the, the essence of spontaneity, but it still fits in a box. It still fits mm. in, you know, Hey, you have these notes to choose from. You can do what you want, but like, this is kind of what you have to do. Otherwise it doesn't make sense in the grand scheme. But in worship, it is literally like you are almost getting lost in, in a realm of spiritual, you know, singing with one another, with collaborating with the band and with the strings and with the percussion and everything together, that it is almost like a succinct thing that happens at the same time that is really impactful and special when it happens in true spontaneity form. Because mm-hmm. we were talking earlier how you can plan spontaneity, which is great in a sense because you're you're making room to kind of see how the spirit leads. But 
what I would say like spontaneity, spontaneity, like times two is when you don't plan spontaneity and it happens spontaneously. Yeah. It's really special because you're like, wow, like there's something greater than our organization as humans to see this come together and to, and it works in like a crazy way because it's the Holy Spirit. You yeah. know, it's the Holy Spirit moving in our voices, like creating new songs in our hands when we're playing guitar and our, you know, on the piano and just like seeing where it leads. It's like a, it's a collaborative motion and a movement that you can't control. And that's, I think kind of the point of it is like, you're sitting in that place and you could be there for hours and not know it mm-hmm. because it is, it's real and it's authentic and it, and it's cool just seeing the output and seeing the impact, not only in our yeah. team, but in, you know, the, the community, the congregation as well, giving that freedom to, to live in that spontaneity. Yeah, for real. I, like I've noticed that too, either if I'm serving in the back, running sound, running lights, whatever, or even better if I'm on stage playing because I serve when I'm, when I'm not in the booth, which is very rare, but you know, I serve, I play keys on our stage mm-hmm. and, and I'm part of the worship band. And even that, even that story, like how I got plugged into being able to do that was spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you know yeah. that story, No, I don't. but it was last, I think it was last October. So October of 2022, mm-hmm. we, we had come in and our, I think it was our keys player had called in sick. Our others, our, our other keys players weren't available. Mm-hmm. And I think our bass guitarist or something, I think it was our, I don't remember. Yeah. I think our bass guitarist had called in sick as well. Mm-hmm. So one yeah. of our other bass guitarists came in and our, like the whole plan for the day that they had been talking about it with me, you know, as a technical director, I'm part of my job is to like know these things so that we can roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. And that like Noah Thatcher, our, our worship leader and the bass guitarist who was our music director were just like, we're just going to do this. We're going to do this. We'll make it work. And I'm like, you guys know I play piano, right? <laughs> and they're like, no, <laughs> I was like, I can just jump on and, and play man piano. Of, man of many talents. Yeah. And they're <laughs> like, I mean, we can give it a shot. They're like, we can run a song. Worst case scenario is it's like, okay, no, it's not going to work. And yeah, we yeah. just pivot again. No big deal. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. like it's eight we're o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's seven o'clock in the morning for a 10 a.m. service. It's like, there's plenty of time to adapt and pivot. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did is we ran the first song. It was my King forever or no, maybe it was, I think it was my King forever. Mm-hmm. And keep in mind, like I had not been practicing these at home, anticipating sure. like going in and playing. Yeah. This was a like last minute, like guys, I play piano. I can, I can fill in. Yeah. Yeah. And we ran the first song. It was obviously rusty cause I hadn't, pl- I hadn't practiced, yeah. but you know, the potential was there and we finished the song and they're just like, you're hired. Basically they're like, <laughs> all right, let's keep going. And I was like, sorry, Booth, you're on your own today. Oh man. <laughs> Which fortunately different spontaneity. Yeah. It was a different kind of spontaneity, <laughs> but fortunately my serve team that was scheduled that week was strong and they knew what they mm. were doing and they could handle it without me back there. Right. Yeah, like I wasn't really planning on needing to do very much because I, they were a team that I knew could do that. Mm. And that day like that was that was my first day and like i remember we got off the stage after the worship set in service right you know for the debrief and i walked back and everybody was like applauding and i was just i literally turned to know i was like consider that my audition (laughs) and so he and i had more conversations about what it would look like for me to play more regularly because that was something that i had realized i really needed in my life Mm -hmm. 
as part of my spiritual walk was to play on a worship band because I had started on a worship band. I started playing on worship teams when I was 16 Mm -hmm. and then just since moving to Texas, like I hadn't really been doing it, especially having had left the church before moving to Texas. Like I hadn't done it in a really long time Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, just like two or three weeks. It was funny, two or three weeks prior to that event I had texted no. I was like, "Hey, do you think we can get you know a a band together just to come hang out at the church and jam on like a Friday night or something?" Because I was like, I was like, I really need to play mm. in a band again. Yeah, like I I have not done this in a really long time. I miss it. Like I need to play in a band again. He's like, "Yeah, let's let's talk. Let's see if we can make that work." Mm-hmm. And then this whole thing happens, and I. <laughs> Later that day, I texted him. I was like, when I said I needed to play in a band again, I didn't mean in front of 150 people. Oh my. That's great though. <laughs> but it was spontaneous. And, you know, that's, that's just led to all kinds of really cool experiences, especially with like true spontaneous worship mm. of, you know, where we go through the set and then maybe the, the host for the day is like, let's go back into this thing. Cause mm. you know, I felt this word. Yep. And so the music director gets on the mic and then he's like, okay guys, here's the plan that we didn't have planned. Mm-hmm. We're just making this up as we go. He's like, yep. we're going to start small. We're going to go here kind of thing. And he's like calling the transitions yep. as they're happening. And we're just running with it because mm-hmm. we're all lost in, in the music and the yeah, spirit. Yeah. And you know, so there's that kind of spontane- spontaneity and there's been other kinds of spontaneity that I've witnessed in our church, which has just been absolutely gorgeous has been the times where we end up doing a mashup, mm-hmm. right? Because the spirit is leading and the, the two that come to mind, one is more recent. Every, the, the one that isn't more recent is every Christmas. One of the songs that we do is Oh, holy night, Mm -hmm. but we mash it up with Wellspring by Leland and so good anymore. It's now an official part of our, our set list where it's planned and that kind of thing. And it's been polished and, and figured, you know, we figured it out, but Mm -hmm. that came out of spontaneity Mm. that came out of the band rehearsing in the moment three or four years ago. Mm. And they just like, I, I think it was during rehearsal and one of the singers just started singing it and the whole band just followed. They just ran with it. Right. And so now it's part of that. And we've, so we have that mashup. And then even more recently, this was like three weeks ago, Maxwell, you were, I think you were the worship leader this Mm -hmm. week. It was our bass guitarist last Sunday serving. Yep. And because he was moving to Tennessee, which we're all very sad about. Very much so. Very, very sad about. Bass but player and MD. Bass player too. and MD. Two and he was actually losses. one of our, our el- not elders. I'm blanking on the term that we use. Overseer. Overseer. Yep. You're right. He, he was also actually one of our overseers. Mm-hmm. And so he, he just moved to Tennessee because of work and his favorite song from his 10 or 10 plus years mm-hmm. of serving was the stand by Hillsong United. So we were doing that as kind of a throwback for him in that set list and then one of our singers during our rehearsal that morning was just like what if we go into the bridge of came to my rescue (laughs) and she didn't even say that like that she's like there's this this stanza that i i'm hearing within the Mm -hmm. music yeah and she's like in my life be lifted high Mm -hmm. and i was like oh i know that song and everybody was like oh i know that song what is it (laughs) and then we ran it one or two times and that became part of the song for the set yeah. And both of those were just 
have just been really, really sweet. And I think one, it's a testimony to just the skill level of our band mm. to be able to respond to spontaneity that way, where we're yeah, just like, yeah. they, they have the skill to be able to do that or to at least follow the people in the band who mm-hmm. can do that. Or, and two, that there's that willingness there to be spontaneous. Mm, yeah, that's important. Yeah, that's that's a great point because I remember there's definitely times, depending on the team, and it's not like, you know, a bad thing necessarily, but where we didn't feel succinct together mm-hmm. as a team. And and that's when spontane- or spontaneity is actually pretty scary because, you know, you're like, you have, how can we stay together? Yeah, yeah, you have so many different versions of it. You're like, because that's the thing, you, you don't realize you're looking at it through a lens, you know, because spontaneity is a buzzword for the church or for a lot of people in within church, like whether or what background you come from, that can mean a lot of different things. And, and yeah, if you don't have that same vision or that same, even practice in a way yeah. together as a team, then it could turn into something that it's not, which is like spontaneity for a, a different reason or for more of a selfish reason, like yeah. just to be cool or just because that's what, you know, the church scene, the church scene is doing nowadays or what recording is, is doing. And it's like, you know, it, it's, it's dangerous waters when you start yeah. looking into that, you know, some of the darker sides of it and it turns into some scary stuff. But all that to say is, yeah, we, I feel like we have gotten to that point as our team now where we are more comfortable stepping out, living in that discomfort because it's obedience. And I, I believe that's what a lot of obedience is, is, is yeah. discomfort because it's going against what your natural inclination is a lot of time. But so it's the same for worship too, right? You know, you're uncomfortable, but you're like, okay, now that I'm uncomfortable, I'm, I'm out of control, which it sounds bad as a human, but with the Holy Spirit, that's what you need. Like right. you have to be out of control because if you don't let him control, then you're, you're holding on to your own sense, your, your own desire. And that's when spontaneous gets in a, in a different sense in a, in a controlled sense and not in a loose yeah. letting go. Yeah. Way. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, I think it works for us because we come to the table with a level of humility, mm. right? Yeah. We, none of us go up on that stage thinking that it's about us. Mm. Right. In fact, we very actively pray against that mm-hmm. and that we like every morning or every week, every morning we circle up before we, before we even start playing anything, we circle up and we cast vision for the service for the mm-hmm. worship set. And we pray into God be here, yeah. right? Be yep. here, guide our hands, be like pour out through us. We're just your vessels, right? Yep. We start out of this posture of humility. And I think that's what allows for that spontaneity to flourish. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you're right. I think once, you know, once there becomes a little bit of pride in that, mm-hmm. in that equation, yep. it becomes about you. It becomes about, Oh, look at me and all of these cool, really like really cool little things that I can do. Mm-hmm. And that gets really dangerous really fast Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's something that our team does really, really well is ex- or like acting out of that humility. And I think that's something that we can learn to do as mentors as well. Hmm. One is just like worshiping and learning to worship spontaneously. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think, I think there's confusion in society today or even just the, the big C church. Mm-hmm. I think there's confusion about what true worship looks like. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. You know, we talk about the importance in mentoring of like, especially Christian mentoring, like forerunner is, you know, we talk about the importance of being in the word and doing a daily quiet time and practicing a Sabbath and practicing all of these spiritual r- rhythms mm-hmm. so that, you know, you're filled up so that you can pour into your mentee and things like that. 
But I think the one thing that we don't talk about is worship. Mm. And I think that's something that at least I've seen in the junior or in the, in the after school program is lacking for these students, mm. right? They, my first year in particular, like our kids were not interested in worship mm. at all. Wow. Like I saw, we took them down to a summer camp. That was my first exposure to these kids. Like mm. that was the first time I met them. We took them down to a summer camp, which was more of the Bible camp. It was Camp Eagle in San Antonio. If you guys know where that is, mm. but they do church twice a day, right? They do the morning session, the evening session, and it includes worship and everybody else was there. That was there, you know, it was mostly youth groups and they were engaged in this worship, right? Mm -hmm. Like this was not new to them. And my kids or our group, my kids were just sitting there like standing there going, what the heck, Mm -hmm. right? Like what, what do I do? I don't know these songs. These kids are jumping up and down and screaming and, doing all kinds of weird things. Like they were very uncomfortable. Mm. Right. And I noticed that kind of pattern continuing throughout program that year as we did church on a weekly basis. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And so this past year, what we started doing is before we got into worship, we started teaching them like it, it became kind of the question of the week. And we did this, the same question for, four or five months until Darius was like, okay, like we beat it to death. we've, we've kicked this dead horse enough. <laughs> yeah. Like we need to change up the question. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the question that we talked about for a long time was what is worship? Right. And it was like, you know, it, it started, you know, I was like, okay guys, what is worship? And then I gave them like the, the, not the dictionary definition. Cause I didn't go copy it out of the dictionary, but I gave them a definition a very cognitive academic definition Mm -hmm. of worship and i forget exactly what it was but it was something along the lines of reverent i don't i don't i don't know i don't remember what it was i could go look it up but you know i I gave them a very academic definition and then i turned this into a part two of like how do we worship Mm -hmm. yep right and a part of this came out of like this response to when we sing the song, the worship song as part of our church service, they were not interested. And so they were misbehaving because they were uncomfortable and this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. So part of this was like expectations kind of got slid into that conversation at that moment, but it was a lot of like, how do we worship? What are practical ways in which we worship? What does that look like? Yeah. And it wasn't just, you can sing the song. You know, I was, we, we taught them worship can be prayer. It can be, singing the song it can be drawing a picture it can be sitting still it can be your hands are up it can Mm -hmm. be laying you know leaning back with your eyes closed and just resting in his presence it can be this that and the other thing we gave them like eight or nine different options they could do and then you know we followed it up with okay what is worship not Mm. and then we're that's where we slid in the expectations it's not talking to your neighbor it's not walking around it's not doing this that and the other thing but, you know, we, we did that on a weekly basis over and over and over again until, again, until Darius was like, we've, we've kicked this horse enough. <laughs> and so we switched it up. I actually ended up asking them, like, what questions do you have about God? And like, write it down on a piece of paper. And I kept those and I used those as like her question of the week for the rest of the year. Mm, nice. Which there were some really good questions yeah, that no, I had to go like research and think about. But, you know, we what ended up happening is we saw, I, we saw the shift, mm-hmm. right? We saw the shift from disengaged to students who truly understood what worship was 
and we're responding to it. And I have videos on my phone of our students leading each other into actual, true, authentic wow. worship. So good. And being like, guys, let's all stand up. Let's let's join arms. Let's sing oh, this wow. song. Let's, you know, it, it's those kinds of things. And mm. it was so cool. So all of that is to say, circling back around to the main idea <laughs> that I had originally, it's like, we don't teach our, our mentor mentees mm-hmm. about worship. We teach them all of the other spiritual disciplines, Yeah, yeah. but we don't teach them about worship and what it, it's like, what can we do to one start to teach them about worship yeah. but two, then even start to teach them about what spontaneous worship mm. looks like because worship doesn't have to be going to church. Yeah. You can absolutely. worship in your car. You can worship while you're sweeping the floor. You can yep. worship while you're doing homework. Yep. So. Yeah, no, that's really good. And it's it's an important question because I think it does not only apply to mentees, but it applies to, to us right now, to the body, to the church at large. And, you know, you look at different countries and you see other people doing, like it sounds weird to say, but like doing worship better, you know, than we might because this idea of worship has really turned into like a once a week thing, but it is so far away from what that is, like God's intention of worship is. And I've been just reading and, and I love the subject of worship, obviously, because I've been doing it for a while now and, and learning about it and realizing like, hey, you know, this comes from not only like a, a huge, like thousand year background, but like this, these were Jewish thoughts and ideas before they were Christian mm-hmm. ideas and thoughts. So, you know, studying them and understanding what they viewed worship at, what they viewed worship as is, is very important. So, you know, they obvious or not, I say obvious, sorry, but they they had the idea of the tabernacle, you know, entering into God's presence and bringing sacrifices because that was the way that you could, you know, cleanse yourself of your sins and and how worship in their eyes was not like we look at it today as like a once a week Sunday deal. It, it was a lifetime of yeah, daily it was a lifestyle. Every, it was a, it, yeah, exactly. It was a lifestyle of of what is my daily walk? What is my second like every moment? Uh, you know, am I revering the Lord? Am I fearing the Lord? Am I abiding? my praying, you know, these disciplines and like, that is what worship is. So again, even that concept, that idea, cause we, it's, we're obviously now in a consumeristic culture too, yeah. where worship is a commodity. Worship is a style, you know, it's and a genre. it's a genre and, and it's, it's not, you know, it like literally is not supposed to be that way. Worship yeah. is a life of commitment to God. It is a, an outpouring and an obedience and a, yeah, like, like we said, a daily, encounter and mm-hmm. i've been reading tozier right now and he is talking about like he has a, a way of saying it in a very convicting way but a way that he is living out so i appreciate and he's saying like if you don't worship on monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday you're not worshiping on sunday you know mm-hmm. because you're choosing and picking like a life that is not meant to be lived which is i'm gonna you know choose these days to commit myself and then choose these other days to not and that reality is very humbling because you know, we all fall into it, whether it be distraction yeah. or, you know, work is really busy this week, or, you know, I just want to forget. I just want to like, you know, lay down and not think, you know, all these different excuses or all these things that are drawing us away from God's presence, which is meant to be lived out almost all the time yeah. or arguably all the time. And so, yeah, just as a worship leader, because, you know, if I show up on Sunday, having not thought about, having not prayed about, having not prepared in in ways of like how I can draw near to the Lord and like what he's speaking, then I have no right being up there on stage leading other right. people because I've done them a disservice because it's, it turns into a show. It turns into a yeah. a performance and it's, and that's not what it is. And it's, this isn't meant to be lived out. 
so yeah, it's a great point. Like bringing that to mentees, like understanding, hopefully even at that young age that worship is every day. Worship is, you know, how you live your life. Like what it says in Romans 12, like living as a, a living, living and breathing as a, as a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Like that's true and proper worship is like the sacrifice to say no to the world, say yes to God in every moment, every decision, and obviously stumbling along the way, but like stumbling towards him. Right. And yeah, so it's just, it, it's humbling because now we get to, as, as older men of God get to show the, our younger mentees and those, you know, that we're stewarding that with what it looks like in our own lives and what didn't work and what does work. Cause yeah. obviously there's a lot of life that we have, or a lot more life that we've lived than they have at that point. But it's also a very, for me that I've realized doing this for a few years now, a very patient process because Although you think that you have the answers, it's like you have also have to realize like, I don't have all the answers. Like, you yeah. know, God has all the answers. I don't have all the answers. So it's like, I can, I can teach him to the best of my ability and I could hopefully encourage him when he's doing well and, and discipline, you know, when he's not like in a loving way. But at the end of the day, you know, God is working in his heart and I have to be confident that however long that takes, it's happening because, right. you know, the faithfulness to say yes to putting up with the harder harder even months sometimes where it's like, man, we're, we're not getting anywhere. Like we're still doing the same thing over and over. Like the lesson is not sunk in yet, Yeah. but being confident that like, okay, even if this is a 10, 15, 20 year journey for him, like I still trust in the Lord to do that work. Yeah. And it takes the weight off of me because you always want to, to, to strive or you feel like you're responsible, which we are responsible in a lot of ways, but at the end of the day, we have to lay down that responsibility and I have to do that for myself. I'm not always great at it. Cause I, again, I came from that background of control of, you know, perfectionism of practice of you do this, you get results and rules. Mentoring doesn't work that way. Yeah. You know, in a lot of ways. And I've learned the hard way in, in, in what's great because it's, it's challenged me in great ways too to let go of that control, but to still be faithful. Yeah. So how old is your mentee? He's second grade. Yep. Second grade. So yep. like seven, seven, eight, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. Yep. Going into third. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about a seven or eight year old and you're talking about the same, like, you know, the, the harder seasons, the harder months or whatever, where you're like, we're on the same thing. And I can only imagine it's like in those moments, you almost have to like remind yourself like he's seven, Mm. right? Yep. You know, seven year olds think a very specific way. Mm -hmm. They like, that's, that's the point of growing up is to mature, right? Like how you respond to, your second grader mentee or third grade mentee in the moment for a discipline conversation is going to be very different than how I respond to my junior high, seventh and eighth grade Mm. students. Right. Because for example, your, your mentee isn't really capable of thinking through like cause and effect, Mm -hmm. at least in, in the immediate sense, right. The, the forecasting, the anticipation, the like, if I do this, this is going to happen. Like, a seven a seven year old is not really capable of that. Yeah. At least true. to the same level that a fourteen year old is. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. that like my conversations with my junior high students are a lot different. Right. They're because I know that they're capable of that, it becomes a lot more of that forecasting in my discipline conversations of like, okay, you did this, you become what you practice, mm-hmm. right? What happens in four years when you're eighteen? And somebody makes you angry yep, and you go happen. smack them. What's yeah. going to happen? Yeah. And they're like, I'll probably get in a fight. And I was like, okay. And then one, they're like, well, I'll probably go to jail. I'm like, if you're lucky, mm. 
Well, I'm like, that's best case scenario. Yeah. Worst case scenario is not pretty. Yeah. And I don't want that for you. Yeah. I was like, you become what you practice. Yep. So you need to start practicing now, fixing your mind, fixing your attention on living out, being a man of God, mm-hmm. living with responsibility, acting with humility. You know, we just talked about humility on our stage. It's like that, that is not just us on stage. Like that is how we live, mm-hmm. right? We can, we can talk to any of our band members and they all live life, a life of humility, mm-hmm. right? You know, they, they are always putting others before themselves and it's that kind of thing. It's like, that's what I'm trying to teach my kids. It's, it's almost like <laughs> I almost want to like bring them to a Sunday mm. service and be like, just watch. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. watch us. Yeah. Right. That's so good. Yeah, so. man. And yeah. And I don't know if we mentioned his name, you know, my mentee's name is Nathan and I've been mentoring him for about a year now or coming on a year. Um, and I've actually been involved. I'm kind of like, you know, leading myself in the question, but I've been involved in, you know, mentoring or at forerunner mentor for about three years now. So I started out in your age group, you know, in seven, eighth, I mentored a guy named Jacob who Mm -hmm. sadly, you know, left the program, you know, about a year into it, which I had to grieve because there was a lot of thoughts of like, you know, what did I do wrong? And, and, you know, I had to pray about it and and get some perspective on. So I took a break and then came back because, you know, Stephen Murray reached back out and said, Hey, you know, we, he does that. You know, yeah, he does. He's great. That's how I he's very intentional. Yep. He reached yep. out. He's like, I need you to go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's awesome. So yeah, he brought me back and it was just such a whirlwind of difference. And going from, you know, a seventh grader now to what started at as a first grader and and just seeing, yeah, the the mental differences, but also just in a way, like when I was mentoring Jacob, it was more like a friendship mm-hmm. kind of not I mean, obviously I was much older, but almost like a big brother. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and this is more of like a father-son feeling even though I'm not a father yet, but it in a lot of cool ways it's it's thrust me into that because I've had to in short amount of times, you know, obviously I don't experience the full 24/7 yeah as a as a mentor, but or even the 10 hour 10 hours a week that a coach is Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely different, but the times that I do get to spend with him have felt, you know, or have given me some real world like practice on being a father and thinking like, you know, as we all grow up and you kind of get past that adolescent, you know, age where you think, you know, everything, you think you understand the world and you're right. And then a couple years later and you're like, Oh wait, (laughs) yeah, wait, actually. Yeah. And then you grow up a little bit more and then you realize that every, that that was just silly that you thought that way. But all that to say is at that age, I remember like viciously judging my parents for all the things that they were doing wrong. Like, oh man, they can't actually drive really, really well. Like I thought they did when I was younger because I didn't think about it, but now I'm learning to drive. So I'm obviously the best driver in the world. Or, oh man, the way that they- you're learning to drive. Yeah. And they, oh, when they cook meals, like that didn't taste that great. But as a kid, you don't think about that as much, you know? And, and it's just fascinating at that age when you start, like I said, I mean, the best word I thought of is just like judging or thinking highly of yourself or that prideful Mm -hmm. uh, attitude towards your, your parents or friends or whatever, and all the hormones going on in your body. So it's giving me a taste as like a father like figure to Nathan to be like, you know, man, I look to my own parents. I say, gosh, this is not easy. (laughs) You know, you just think like, oh, that's their job. Like they're good at it. They need to do that. And it's like, no, like this is a very weighty, very heavy, hard thing to do because you take on so much responsibility and you have to say and do the right things all the time. And and you don't, and you make mistakes and you go, you know, you ask forgiveness and you move on, you get better hopefully. But, but yeah, even in this short amount of time, I'm getting that taste. So it's like, I want that, you know, for my, like God willing to have, when I have kids, 
to give in to that and have patience yeah. in that process. So it's been great. It's just like having those two perspectives of, you know, the older mentor mentee relationship to now the younger, it's very different in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I don't know that I necessarily experienced the, the like friendship mm-hmm. side of the mentoring relationship. Yeah. And part of that is because I've been very intentional about not doing that mm-hmm. because in the after school program, like if they start to feel like you're a friend, respect goes out the window. Mm. Right. Especially in the junior high where respect for their peers is very low. Yeah. Right. Yep. They are always insulting each other. Yep. And so we were actually trained to respond to things like, you know, when they're like, bro, and we're like, I'm not your bro, I'm your coach. Mm. Right. You know, to, to command that respect from them mm-hmm. because if it doesn't, then, you know, God forbid there's a tornado and I need them to act right away. Mm-hmm. Right. Without asking questions. Yeah. Then like every second they dilly dally is they're in more danger. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so this is an, another kind of shift that happened between my first year and my second year, my first year, like I would give them a command, like a, a no, like act now command. Like we need to go inside because you know, we heard gunshots or whatever, which, you know, as a coach, we're paying attention to They're 13, 14, they're playing football. They, they're not, I mean, they grow up grew up in the neighborhood. They're used to it. Right. Yeah. But my number one job is their safety. Yeah. Right. And so I am acutely aware of situational awareness. I, I know what is happening everywhere, 360 degrees around me mm. the entire time we're outside. And so I, I hear the gunshots. I'm like, we're going inside. And they're like, but why? And I was like, don't ask, just do it. <laughs> I will answer your questions later. Right now you're inside. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this year we, we actually have a bunch of codes like safety codes that we can call if we need to, like, for example, a lockdown with danger outside would be a code blue. Right. Okay. The kids don't know these codes, right? Yeah. We very intentionally do not tell the kids what these codes are. Yeah. And we've had, all, we've had kids, one of them, man, I love this kid, but last year he's always like, what is this? What is a code? This, what is the code that I'm like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> he's like, why not? I was like, because you don't need to know. Yeah. But the exception to that is this, this past school year, I did tell them what a code green was. I was like, if I say code green, this is what it means this is how we respond. Mm. And we, we would run drills because we had to, right? We're like, a code green means a tornado is coming. I promise you, I will only call that if we actually need to like go seek shelter. I will never, um, there, the only, there are two times I'll call it. One is for a drill, which you will know it's a drill because I will tell you this is a drill. <laughs> or if I say it without saying this is a drill, it means don't ask questions, just follow instructions. And then we can talk about it later. Yeah. Right. But we, we would run a few of those drills and they, thankfully they responded favorably. They didn't do the whole, but why do we need to do this? Or why am I doing this? Or this on the other thing? I was like, this is why I already told you why it's like, it's a, because a tornado is coming and we need to not die. Yep. But you know, because of those two things, it's like, I, especially as a site lead, I need to have the, I need to have the respect from them to follow instructions the first time without Mm -hmm. questions. Yeah. Right. If they're doing something that is unsafe, it is on me Mm -hmm. as the site lead to fix it, to respond appropriately in the moment 
do get them to a place where they're safe. Right. And so because of that, I am, I think this has been called out in some of my reviews. I'm very authoritative, Mm. right? I am like, it's in, in some cases it's, you know, I'm like, it's my way or the highway. Right. Yeah. And I try to balance that with like the things that aren't quite as big a deal. I try to balance that with like, okay, like I'll entertain your questions. I'll ask, you know, I'll answer whatever question you have about why we're doing this this way kind of thing. And sometimes I don't know the answer. Sometimes I just blame Darius because he's the one who puts the program together and I just execute it. Yeah, They're like, why do we have to do this? I'm like, because Darius said so. (laughs) And I was like, if you have a problem with it, take it up with him because he's my boss. But, you know, there are other things that I'm like, you know, I don't really know. Let me, let me ask Darius. Let me see if we can figure out why exactly we do it this way and i'll let you know and then if we decide that it doesn't like this doesn't really apply anymore i'll let you know and Mm -hmm. we'll we'll modify from there right yeah but you know in those matters of safety like in in the fall of last year i we were in the gym and i had one kid stand get up and stand on a rolling desk to try to dunk on the hoop that's 10 feet in the air oh man and i walked in right as he was standing up and getting on his tiptoes on this rolling desk. Oh, wow. And I literally from across the room yelled, <laughs> get down and repeated myself until he got down. I was oh, like, get down, get down, get down, get down, get down. <laughs> because again, it's like, those are things that are just not safe. And I'm like, yeah. you need to respond to me the first time yeah. in those moments. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's the, it, it's the joys of mentoring, right? It's the things of like, almost spontaneous spontaneity in its own way. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like, you know, we've talked about spontaneous worship and like teaching your, your mentee to be spontaneous in their worship, but it's like mentoring itself is almost spontaneous. Mm. Yeah. No, that's really true. I think. And yeah, cause it, it makes me think of my job too. Like I, a lot of what I have to do is, you know, selling and consulting and we spent a lot of time putting together these very well thought out plans of, Hey, okay, we're going to go in. We're going to talk about this. We're going to execute this. We have this initiative. We have that, con- you know, it's very methodical and, and beneficial, right? Cause you, you know what you, you know what to expect hopefully, but 98% of the time when you walk in, your plans change because yeah. you don't, it's, it's not, which in a good way, like it changes because you have to learn to prioritize like what's in the moment for that moment and like what it, what it demands and life does not look like a plan, unfortunately. And that would be nice you if know, it did. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I'm sure every single adult that we talk to will say the exact same thing. It's like, oh yeah, like I wanted to do this and this was kind of my idea about that, but then it, it really I went this, this plan way for my life. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. And like, and God works in, in amazing ways like that too, where he kind of rightfully so exerts a better plan, you know, in a lot of ways that if we are not resistant to it, like might actually benefit us. (laughs) Again, if we humble ourselves. Yes. And that, that is the key humbling and and obedience because again, like we want to be able to control, it's just much more comfortable to be able to control the outcomes and say, Hey, if I do this, this will have the output and it, life does not work that way. And, and yeah, like to your point about mentoring, it's the same thing. It's like, you can have this plan. Oh man, today it would be really great like I'm thinking about it as I'm driving over, you know, I want to, I want to pray with Nathan today, or I want to, you know, tell him about what I do at work or what I, you know, do on worship team. And, you know, I want to do these things and, and something happens and like, maybe he's having a bad day. Like maybe he just needs like to have fun, like to be encouraged. Like maybe my plan is not the best plan. Like God has given something else in that moment to, Mm -hmm. to follow up with or to, 
be attentive. And if you're not willing to let go of your own thoughts, your own idea of the right thing to do and to kind of just examine it in the moment and pivot and, and be obedient to saying, Hey, you know, my plan is not the best right now. Like I, I really just need to be with him. You know, I just need to encourage him and it doesn't look like what I thought. And, and not saying that I do that right every time. Sometimes right. it's, I still like am hard headed. Like I said, I was going to do this. Like I'm going to do it and step out. But, and you know, there's good things that happen from that too. But at the end of the day, the moments that I've had with Nathan, where I've, I've been obedient to saying like, Hey, Holy spirit, like, what do you have to say about him right now? Like, how can I encourage him? How can I, you know, build him up? It, it's almost like Holy spirit building me up at the same time. And it, it's mm-hmm. really powerful. And I believe like moments like that are what stick with him. It's not like that I was disciplined or that I said this or that. It's like when I, when I follow the Holy Spirit, I really believe that that work, that planting of that seed in that moment is what is going to flourish later on. That hopefully like looking back at some of those moments of spending time together, he'll be able to carry like the reason that I did what I did or like the reason yeah. that God told me to do this instead of that. And that's what, that's what we do for, right? Like it, it's, it's to bring that father relationship, but it's also to bring that spiritual guidance, you know, yeah. in their lives that they will, you know, most kids that age don't really get, like, to be honest, if we're, if we're looking at just numbers in general, like having a spiritual mentor and a fatherly mentor is just a really special thing. And it's a humbling experience again, for me yeah. to be able to do that and to give that to him, even if I'm not the best, even if I'm learning as much as he is, right? because it impacts my life too, you know? Yeah. So I think this has been the question as you've been talking that I've had is one is like, what, what does your relationship look like with him, Mm -hmm. you know, from the practical standpoint and more specifically, what are the things that you think he's been learning recently Mm. that you've, you've kind of been guiding him in that he's kind of picked up on or shown growth in as well as what are the things that you've been learning through your relationship with him? Like how has, how has God been using that to, change and modify and grow and Mm. prune and all the, all the scary things for you personally. Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think for him specifically, as far as like learnings and things I'm attentive to is just the way he interacts with other people, with other, his peers, his friends around. It's, it's a challenge because he's a very competitive, you know, like I said, and competitiveness has a lot of good to it too. You know, you can strive and, and do really well. Like you put in a lot of hard work and effort, but he has a tendency sometimes to be over competitive to where if he doesn't get his way, it like affects him very Mm -hmm. deeply. So just trying to help instill a spirit of, Hey, like you can be competitive all day long and that's great. But how you treat people matters, how you respond to a situation that doesn't go your way matters Mm -hmm. and how you bounce back from failure, whether it's like missing a goal, having the ball stolen away from you, having, you know, kids come and play basketball when you're already on the court and it's now crowded and, and a little bit more difficult, you know, those experiences of, of things not going your way in, in a lot of ways has been just a testament to what life looks like and right. getting to get that on a small scale within a program setting, because obviously that's not their every day, all day, but they do get to have those real world in encounters with other people and, and things are going to be said, things are going to be, you know, you're going to be put down, you're going to be discouraged, you're going to be, you know, in some cases, God forbid, bullied and, and things are going to be set against you. So I've just been really aware of that within his own circle of his friends and program and, and having to put on like a instillment of encouragement and instillment of bouncing back and responding well to the situations that are presented in front of him. So I've been aware of that 
and I've seen a lot of growth in him and have been encouraged by it, but I know there's also a lot more to grow in that area that I'm continuing to see. So almost like starting to show him what humility looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard, man. Cause we've, we've talked, that's like another buzzword. Like we've talked about humility a lot, yeah. even in this conversation. And the reality is, is humility, although it is like an attribute about someone, I've also heard that it's not something that you can really like label on yourself because yeah. in a way it, kind of defeats the whole purpose. It was like, it, it becomes self-defeating in the sense yes. of like, if you say, Oh, I'm the most humble person in exactly. the world. Like it's paradoxical. All of a sudden you're not. Yeah. It's so, like you, you can only truly be humble if somebody else is exactly you as humble. Exactly. And like the humility in that we see in the Bible is service. Yeah. Like Jesus models that like, that's what humility looks like. It is just serving people. So with that, you know, I'm teaching him or hopefully, you know, teaching them. I'm obviously the fruit will tell later on, but teaching him about like how you are, how you give, how you share, how you are interacting in a way that is not about yourself. And it's tough, right? Because again, at that age, you know, it, some of those bigger life things like, oh, how do I give stuff away? How am I generous? How am I helping other people? Like those things are hard to, to learn at that age, but you can show it. Like you can, if I'm able to show that by, you know, sharing the ball, like if I'm able to encourage somebody else and spend time with other kids too while I'm there as well. And like giving away myself and he sees that hopefully that being modeled is just another element besides just telling him, Hey, you need to be generous. You yeah. need to share. Cause that doesn't always, the words don't always come across. Most of the time they don't, it's always, you know, combined with action. Yeah. So, which goes back to the, sometimes I wish I could just bring in my, yeah, my students and be like, just yeah. watch our serve, yeah, watch yeah. our serve team. Yep. Which it's funny to me that we even call them serve teams. Right? Yeah. True. Yeah, we, we don't, forget about that. Yeah, we don't call it worship team or production team. I mean, we do as a way of like delineating it from the other serve teams, mm-hmm. but then collectively we call them serve teams, yeah. right? The areas yep. where our our church members serve the church yeah. to, to volunteer and things like yeah. that. Yeah, it's true. And I guess, so the second part of your question yeah. about how it's affected my own life, I think I kind of alluded to this earlier on, but really patience and, and losing control and you know, that term losing control can mean two very different things, but is it losing control or releasing releasing? Yes. That's what I meant to say. So yeah, releasing that control, because again, I come from whether it is with, you know, my own parents or with music in general and how the rigidity of it, like I want to have control. That's my natural inclination. So what this has been teaching me as a mentor slash like father figure is that I ultimately don't have control and I have to not only be okay with that, but I have to encourage that within myself because it allows me to relate, like for him to relate to me, I'm learning how to relate to, you know, the father, like to the Lord and releasing my own control and my own desire to like do it myself and to be self-sufficient and to, you know, to look at his word and his guidance and say, yeah, that's great. Like I'll do that a little bit of that, but then I also want to do my own thing too, because that's comfortable. I'm like, no, that's, that's not the answer. So what I've been gaining is, is patience and then just that reiteration of man, like there's so many things in my life that I think that I have control over, but I don't, and I need to let that go. And I need to release that to the Lord and say, Hey, you know, you've given me this and I'm thankful, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm laying it at your feet Yeah. and you know, what do you want to do with it? You know, not what I want to do, but like, what do you want to do with it? Mm-hmm. So that's what it's been teaching me. Just being able to teach that to him. It's like full circle back yeah. to how I relate to the father. Yeah. And I imagine that translates into other areas of your life too, like maybe your marriage or Mm -hmm. work or something like that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we didn't mention before I'm married. uh, I've been married a little over two years now to my lovely wife, Jenna, and just short backstory because we have actually a really long story. So if you ever 
come and, and meet me and talk, like ask about it. It's, it's a fascinating love story. Antioch, Dallas. I'll introduce yeah. you guys to it. Yeah. It's, it's great. It'll take you to lunch. If, absolutely. It's a great story, but all that to say, long story short, you know, we've known each other for a very long time and our story is unique in just how we, you know, fell for each other and how we got married. But all that to say is, yes, it's this relationship with me and Nathan has given me new vision and new understanding, which is a privilege to be honest, that a lot of par- a lot of people may not get is like, man, this is kind of a little taste of parenting. You know, this is a little mm-hmm. taste of, wow, like investment pays off, but sometimes it doesn't in the way that we think. And it doesn't give you any reason to just shy away from it. And although, yes, at any point, technically I could just walk away and say, I don't want to do this mentoring thing anymore. Right. I, I can't necessarily do that with my kid or hopefully God forbid not. But, you know, it's given me that commitment to say, Hey, like I'm in it, you know, I'm in it for my own learning. I'm in it for his benefit and for the benefit that comes with the hard work that I get to see the own fruit in his life, but also my own life. And it's just really special and impactful. Yeah. And I think it prepares you, like you said, it's, it's kind of giving you a glimpse at fatherhood of parenthood. Yeah. It's almost like it's preparing you to lead as a father whenever that time happens, Mm -hmm. but also like to lead Jenna in that as well, right. Into not fatherhood because she won't (laughs) be a father, but yeah, leading her through like, you know, you know, ideas of like discipline or, you know, training, you know, the proverbs, right. Training up your child in the way they should go. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, those kinds of things. It's like, you're getting almost that real world practical experience being a father before you actually are a father. Yep. Yep. And that will, that's setting you up for when you and Jenna do eventually have kids. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, in a way, I would almost recommend it. And it's not, this is not a plug that anybody <laughs> told me to say, but like, if you get a chance, especially as a young man who is, you know, either unmarried or does not have kids, like to yeah. actually jump into something like this, you'd be amazed like how much you learn oh, yeah. and how much that can eventually hopefully equip you into, you know, that those stages of life when you start having kids. Because for me, you know, that's something where I'm hoping to be getting, you know, involved in, in the near future, but. Fatherhood? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah, start. We just bought a house, so we're getting making space. You're going down that road. Yeah, it's it's coming, but (laughs) yeah, it's almost like in a funny way too. Like before you even start having kids, like maybe this is something that you do and you get involved with or serving in that capacity to say, hey, like not only is this prepping me, but it's giving me a real world taste that sometimes can be a hard pill to swallow. Of oh man, like parenting is really hard (laughs) and really fulfilling. I'm sure but also very difficult and there's so much learning yeah. involved and like you just almost in a way you get a little bit of a leg up in a healthy way. I believe if you do it well, or if you're, you're humble in that right. process. And if you're um, open to training, especially. Exactly. Yeah. That's a big thing too. It's like, again, not thinking that you have all the answers, but willing to give, you know, feedback from people seeing how you do it and asking yeah. and, and observing and learning and growing in that way is, is been impactful for me doing this for a few years now. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that in my life too. This is this is a really interesting story. This actually is not related to Forerunner in any way, shape. Well, mm. kind of is. But I was I was back home in Utah for something, a family trip. I don't know. I don't remember why I was there. But I was back home in Utah, right? And just for information, you know, backstory, my my younger sister now has two kids. Right. And I think her second had just been born. So her, her older kid is about uh, six. I don't know, Missy, if you're hearing this, I'm sorry. I don't know how old I was. I think she's six at the time. I think she was about five, but 
what what we had done is like she needed to eat her dinner right which is a daily thing yeah but she needed <laughs> she needed <laughs> to eat so. her dinner my sister needed to go get william down for his nap right yeah. and i had already asked her i was like hey if emma eats her dinner ice cream maybe maybe we go get ice cream yeah. at baskin robbins you I'm know down. give her a little treat you know kind yeah. of thing show her that i'm the fun uncle i don't mm-hmm. know but she's like yeah if she eats her dinner like we can do that and so my like my parents knew about this my sister knew about this we had told her is like hey if you eat your dinner like we're gonna go get a, a special treat right and she was adamant that she did not want to eat her piece hmm. right like she yep. was adamant that sure. she did not want to eat her piece she like it was like brick wall shut down like she was insistent that the only way she was going to eat her eat her peas is if she got a glass of water. Right. And, and she was playing this whole like, you know, tit for tat or ultimatum or whatever kind of thing. And she, I mean, she's five years old. Right. And there's a lot of reasons why she's acting this way, but that's a totally different conversation. (laughs) Anyway, in that moment, like my parents were trying to, grandparent her the same exact way they had parented me which is admittedly the only way they know how and i'm starting to understand that and learn that yeah but it was the very rigid like it's my way or the highway it's like you know ultimatum form of like look if you if you don't eat your peas you don't get the special treat Mm. we're talking about a five-year-old who cannot process just like nathan can't process farther than five minutes into the future Mm -hmm. she can't do cause and effect yeah right yeah and I'm sitting here going like, I'm, I'm witnessing this, right? I, I have not really gotten involved at this point. I'm like, I'm just sitting here watching this going like, this is never going to happen. I was like, the way you guys are, you know, in my head, I'm going like the way you guys are doing this, all that's going to happen is you're going to ena- enact the consequence because she's not going to eat her peas until she gets a glass of water. But her mom wants her to drink her, her milk. Right. Mm. It was like, this is this is a, a the true definition of a stalemate, mm. and the only thing that's going to happen is everybody's going to be frustrated and crying, mm. including Emma. Mm. I was like, that is the only outcome of this. So I was like, Emma, come here, right? Because I've been taught a different way through Forerunner. Mm. I'm like, Emma, come here. And so she gets up. I'm I'm on the other side of the table. So she gets up. She comes over. I kneel down to her level. My mm. parents are sitting at the table with her. I kneel down to her level. So I'm eye level with her Mm. and I'm like, why don't you want to eat or why do you want a glass of water so badly? I didn't even talk about the piece, Mm -hmm. right? I'm like, why do you want a glass of water so badly? And she's like, well, because Dominic says that water is good for you. Dominic being my sister's fiance. Okay. Right. She's like, because Dominic says that water is good for you. And my dad interjects. My mom's like, shut up. (laughs) She's like, let him, let him handle this. Mm -hmm. I was like, you're right. Water is good for you. But you remember how Dominic told you that bananas have potassium and sodium in them. And she literally like had earlier that day had come up to me and my sister was like, tell uncle Josh what you know. (laughs) And she's like, bananas have potassium and sodium. (laughs) She's five and saying these, like the names of these minerals, right? She's freakishly smart. Yeah. So I was like, do you remember how Dominic told you earlier that bananas have potassium and sodium? She's like, yeah. I was like, those things are called minerals, right? She's like, okay. And I was like, milk also has minerals. Your mom wants you to drink your milk, right? But you want water. Milk has minerals as well. It's Mm -hmm. called calcium. Yep. I was like, you know what calcium does? And she's like, 
No. And I was like, calcium makes your strong, your bones stronger. Mm-hmm. I think she had just broken a bone or something. I don't remember. I was like, do you remember, do you want to, or do you want to break a bone? She's like, no, I was like, no, it's really painful. Isn't it? She's mm-hmm. like, yeah. And I was like, that's why your mom wants to drink, wants you to drink your milk is mm-hmm. so that you get the calcium to, so that your bones get stronger. Yeah. Peas also have minerals, by the way. So how about this? Why don't, if you eat your peas with your milk, I promise you that I will get you some water right after, mm. right? And we're talking about like three bites of peas, right? Like three spoonfuls. Yeah, this, yeah. this should take her like 30 seconds to eat, yeah. right? I was like, if you eat all of your peas, I promise you that I will get you some water right away. Okay. Mm. Does that sound like a, a fair thing to do? And she's like, yeah, I think that's fair. I was like, okay, then we'll do that. And she literally turned around, went down, sat down and ate all of her peas. Wow. That's great. And my dad right then was like, so when are you going to, when are you going to make it official? And I was like, <laughs> what? And he was like, when are you going to be a father? I was like, I got to get married first. <laughs> that's important. <laughs> but you know, that's, that's just like, that's a story to kind of highlight the like be teachable. Right. Mm, because yeah years ago i would not have known how to do that mm. right that has come from two years of experience a year and a half actually i think at the time of experience having worked with junior high students who we talk about some bigger things than whether or not you eat your peas <laughs> right and mm-hmm. things that are much more life and death yeah but you know it's it's kind of that form of discipline of like it's not about the consequence it's not about punishment it's not even about getting them to do what you want them to do mm. right it's about building a relationship. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so, yeah. you know, in that moment, it was just really cool to get to demonstrate for my parents, especially a new form of discipline, mm-hmm. a new form, a new way to do things where the desired result was achieved. And spoiler alert, we also ended up going and getting ice cream that mm-hmm. night because she ate all of her dinner. So good. Right. So that's just a, just a story to kind of highlight, you know, what you're talking about being teachable, being humble. Mm. So we got to, we got to wrap this up. Maxwell, final question. It's the, the title of the series. I've been, I've asked every single coach this as well. Mm -hmm. Why do you mentor? Because there is nothing financial, financially (laughs) gained for you. Why do you sacrifice your time, truly your time? to come and mentor Nathan to show up for him, what every other week or something like that. Why do you, why do you do it? Yeah. Great question. So, you know, to be honest, starting it, starting out, it seemed not like coercive at all because I love Stephen Murray, but when he asked me to do it, I was like, Oh man, I have so much going on in my life right now. I'm feel like I'm busy at work and doing this, but something deep within me said, you know, like this is really important. Like what these guys are doing, how these guys are in so much need of, of father figures and, and I have been so fortunate in my life with very loving parents who are still together. And then also just like a, a huge laundry list of, of mentor type individuals in my life, you know, with the friendships, with spiritual mentors, with music mentors. And, and being able to look back, like when I was thinking about it after being asked, because of course, Stephen Murray would not have judged me if I said, hey man, like this is not for me yeah. right now. Like he would have been super loving about it. But as I was thinking about it- He would have judged it, me, but not you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So- But as I was thinking about it, I was like, man, like, you know, I have been so blessed and I've been so encouraged. And a lot of the times it's crazy because when you are being mentored, I would say nine, maybe even 10 times out of 10, you don't usually like the process of some of the harder things that come with it, (laughs) 
of being told, no, like you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. You shouldn't hit that person. You shouldn't steal the ball away. You don't like that, but you look back and like, this has been my experience. You look back and like, man, like I am so glad that they told me that, you know, right from wrong. I'm so, so blessed that they loved me even though I was very unlovable in that moment in a lot of my younger years. So I guess that has really been my sustaining why as to continuing to do it is like, I have been given that by the grace of God. And it is just amazing to see that and look back and see the fruit of those amazing people in my life who said yes again and looking at me and being unlovable or what I thought of myself as unlovable but still choosing to stick with it, still choosing to to do life with me, to celebrate, to encourage me, to build me up, to tell me hard truths, looking at that saying like, I have no other choice in what I believe than to give that to somebody else, yeah. to give that to to Nathan and to, yeah. And to, to build his life up like that, even though it's hard and even though it is inconvenient because everything in me says like, I've worked hard all day. Like I want to go rest, you know, I want to go recover, but the Holy Spirit saying, no, like I have more energy for you today. I have more to give because today is your day with Nathan. And today is the day that you're going to get to spend with him, to play with him, to enjoy his company. And he's, he gets to see you because of all the things that I've taught you, like speaking from the Holy Spirit, as the Holy Spirit, like all the things in your life that have led you to where you are today. Like I want to give that taste to Nathan too. That's so good. I want to give him just an encouraging figure. Like I've literally before knowing Jesus, like I was very pessimistic. I was very egotistical very much about myself and pride and like within the music scene you almost have to be to to make it and then you know getting to know jesus getting to know his heart like just full circle 180 of just how i look at you know talents and how i look at abilities that have been given to me that i have not brought to myself like this is a gift um so yeah so all that to say i like i want to be that gift to nathan because i've received that gift from others and from the lord so that's so good that's the why. And honestly, even conversations like this are helping to like re bring, to re-encourage that because it's not something I think about every day, but being asked that and having to reflect on it, it's like, yeah, like this is why I do it. I don't just show up as a robot because I checked off the little box right. uh, on my giving you know list or whatever, but I do it because I have a why, because I've been given so much and I have no other, nothing else to do with it, but to give it to somebody else. Like if I hold on to it, it's going to spoil. Yeah. It's going to rot. But if I give that, then it's like this freely flowing living water. Like, you know what Jesus gives to us, mm-hmm. I get to give to, to Nathan and I get to encourage him and, and love him in those ways. And not perfectly, obviously, but again, it teaches so much about my own relationship with the father and getting to give that to him has been super special and I'm humbled and honored to do it. It's so good. And it, you know, going back to the, like having these conversations, we, we were talking before we had hit record mm-hmm. all like an hour and a half ago now. Man, time flies. Yeah, for real. But we were talking about like the beauty of these conversations being yeah. like they're recorded. Yeah. Right. And so I don't know. I mean, if you've, if you've never had a really long conversation with somebody like highly recommend it, my record conversation, I don't know if you know this, Probably not. My record <laughs> conversation is 14 hours. Oh my gosh. In fact, just How is that possible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we started that conversation at 6 PM in the parking lot of a Chipotle and wow. watched the sun go down. And then we watched the sun come up. Oh my. <laughs> and then we're like, we should probably go to bed. Wow. That same That's person. Cool. I actually just had a seven hour conversation mm-hmm. with like three or four weeks ago. Man. He and I started talking about something. And the next thing I like, that was at like 10 PM. And the next thing I knew it was 5 AM and <laughs> I was still talking to him. I was like, wow, I need to hang up. I need to go to bed. Yep. Cause yep. I have things to, do. <laughs> but point is if you can have a seven hour conversation, absolutely do it. It's super cathartic, but like, 
these long protracted, like deeper conversations, at least for me has always been really, really encouraging. Mm. And the beauty about it being on a podcast is now that it's recorded. Mm. Right. So now it's like you were talking about even just having this conversation has kind of reinvigorated your passion for mentoring. Yeah. It's like now it's recorded and anytime you're starting to feel drained and wondering like, why am I doing this? Mm. It's like, now you can go back and listen to yourself and be like, yo, Maxwell, (laughs) this is why you do this. Yep. Right. It's almost like it's, it's almost like it's a letter to yourself. Oh yeah. Like a testimony, like it's the same thing, man. Like testimony. Yeah. Like, and I experience this literally every single time I talk about my testimony and it's amazing that God works that way because you, you think the story would get old after you tell it, you know, 50, a hundred times. But when you tell it, you realize, Mm. wow, like I went from death to life. I was this way. I am now this way. And it never gets old. And it always like reminds you and grounds you again to the gospel yeah, and what that means. And it's, yeah, there's so much power in it. And I just encourage not only everybody who's listening, but well, actually, yes, I'm encouraging everybody who's listening because otherwise you wouldn't hear it. But, but don't be afraid again to like tell your testimony, even like make it a habit because it is so powerful and don't be discouraged by your story because God is not discouraged by your story. Like all of heaven was, was singing and, and shouting and praising like when you chose to, to follow him and to, to give up your life for Jesus. So so yeah, as like a plug or anything, just testimonies are powerful. I know that in my own life. I know that for every testimony that I hear and I'm being encouraged by, it just reignites that fire that sometimes gets, you know, weighted and died down by the the weights of life and the responsibilities of life. But that testimony speaks to where you were, where you're going, where you are and what Jesus did. So, so keep on doing it. Keep on yeah, speaking it. I'm looking for a Bible verse that we've uh, about testimony and I can't find it. I think it's in revelation somewhere, but it's, or maybe, well, it's part of a song. I'm pretty sure it's biblical as well, but it's, we will overcome by the word of, or by the power of the blood and the word of our testimony. Yeah, yeah, right. I yeah. think that's in revelations. Yeah. Sounds right. Definitely know it's part of a song by Jeremy camp, but that's a yeah, total. You can different. send us an email if you know the verse. Yeah. Send, like send, to... <laughs> send Zach an email. <laughs> yeah. Just, I don't know if Zach's going to listen to it, but <laughs> listen to this episode, but just send Zach an email that says testimony <laughs> in the subject line and just write the Bible verse and just write the Bible verse no context. He'll get it to me, but also like no context. Just send a video. Yeah. Let's just spam Zach. Cause that yeah. would be so funny. Honestly, it's, we'll probably get a lot of different verses. Right. So that'll be amazing Ooh, too. I would love that. It's Z a C H at you can mentor.com. Anyway, yeah. point is it's like, you know, you were talking about like the power of the testimony and I'm like, that's why, right? Mm-hmm. Is because it's through our testimony yep. that we overcome yep. through that reminder of where we were and where we are now mm-hmm. that we can continue on in our faith. Yep. That's so good. Yep. So... Maxwell, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Definitely not at all what I sent you for the outline. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't even start this episode talking about what we were supposed to. So, you know, I'm totally fine with it. I love these conversations. I love how the Holy Spirit just moves and guides and is like, oh, you're going to talk about this today because you need to be encouraged in Mm -hmm. this or or whatever. I mean, that has literally been every single episode of this series Mm. and has kind of made me want to keep going, but I'm running out of ideas for new (laughs) episodes. So, well, if you have any ideas, send them to Zach and maybe, maybe I start 
making a more regular appearance on the on the podcast. That'd be great. I don't know. It would be. It's fun. It's a lot of fun to record these. But in the meantime, what if any final encouragements do you have for our listeners today? Yeah, yeah. Again, like power of the testimony. It's so vital. Like in a world where we're just filled with negativity, with hatred, with racism, with all the you know the the fall and and the issues and sin that surrounds us like the power of your testimony is the light on the hill it's the gospel it's the truth so that but also you know again not being plugged but like i've learned and grown so much in my own mentoring experience and if you have the opportunity to do that and to give your time even if it's just like an hour every other week you know a lot of people will have that that time Mm -hmm. so don't be afraid to, to give yourself um, to that experience and to just taste. Because it could be, you know, fathers out there who have already been doing it for a while. Or like I said before, those of you who are not involved or single or look, you're not, not have kids or anything yet. But like, it's amazing just seeing these kids light up, seeing the impact in their lives and just knowing also, in a sense, like as a responsibility, we don't want these kids to grow up without the father figures, without yeah. mentors. Like that's why they're here. That's why they've been, you know, it's been a blessing to have them, you know, around these men of God who are able to give to them in a way that they have not likely been given, you know, that influence and that, that love and affection and equal with like discipline and, and a heart that's after Jesus. Yeah. It's been, like I said, super impactful for my life. And if you guys are out there listening and you're thinking about it or on the fence, like jump over the fence and run to it because you won't regret it. It's, it's amazing. No matter, like there's definitely days where I've rolled up thinking like, Oh man, I'm super exhausted, but getting to spend that time with Nathan, it's like this new burst of energy just is like rushed in. Yeah. I, and it's so natural and so fun and, and rewarding in all the the ways that you know I believe parenting, good parenting, is involved with. So, so, so good. Dive in, do it. That's it so couldn't good. hurt. I agree wholeheartedly. Just if you're thinking about it on the fence, just fall over the fence. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Push in the meantime, remember this: you can mentor. Amen. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>